This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Well, I've got a lot of wrestling stuff I want to talk about, so I think we should just get going. Get to talking no. about right now. Okay, then we can wait. No, I want to talk. Okay. About Saved by the Bell. The the college years? The new class? <laughs> no, I'm talking Good Morning, Miss Bliss. Ah, Good Morning, Miss Bliss. We're going to start at the beginning, and we're going to go all the way through college years, and the Vegas wedding, and then we're going to hit the new class, and gonna... we're going to go to the second group of kids in the new class. Mhm, mhm, mhm. And then we can talk wrestling. You know, I miss Mikey. <laughs> I think it would have been excellent for him to continue on in the series. I, I enjoyed but it's him impossible as a character because oh. the school, the principal, and three of the students all moved from Indiana to California. Yeah. <laughs> so it just would have been really weird for another person to go there. Is that like one of the weirdest second <laughs> seasons, like second, you know what I mean? Like second season change rounds of a show ever. I mean, like think I, about I, the only other <laughs> show I could think of that had a dramatic change like this from like one season to another was the Jeff Foxworthy show where him and his son went to the like. They, had, they did a season, and then, like, the second season was him and his son, but there was a new wife, he had a new job. I mean, like, everything changed about the show except him and his son. That's funny. I never I never watched that, so I didn't know about that. Yeah, I remember that, but I can't think of anything else. Like, <laughs> like when Valerie Harper left Valerie's family and it became the Hogan family when Sandy Duncan came in, all they did was swap right. out one character. Yeah, but that, that was after a couple years. That exactly. Was year. Yeah. But like I've never, I can't think of any other show that's changed so dramatically. No, like I mean, Saved unless, by the Bell did. Unless it's like an anthology type of show, like True Detective, yes, or, or American stuff. Horror Story, or yeah. But those, those you know, going in, everything's going to be different. Right, that's how it's supposed to be. Yes. But yeah. I think before <laughs> before we get on an eight hour Saved by the Bell tangent, <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. Trust me, I'm all ready for it. <laughs> it could happen. So, uh, <laughs> wrestling, huh? Yeah, professional wrestling. Um, what you know who was a wrestler? Week? What? Do you know who was a wrestler? Who was? AC Slater was a wrestler. Uh, he he well he, he was, was a state champion. He, he yes he was an amateur <laughs> high school wrestler. Yes, because you remember he also once he got in college, but well, he wasn't no, so no, good. no. See, when he got to college, he almost quit the team. He was so discouraged because he went right. from being top dog to not as good as everybody else. Oh my and that was a hard thing for him to deal with. It was. It's a good thing Zach was there to <laughs> talk his buddy in, you know, to stick it around. <laughs> I sense a theme tonight. <laughs> <laughs> So, anyways, lots of wrestling to talk about. Okay. And I'm going to start out with uh, it's it's a spoiler right this second, but it's not going to be a spoiler by the time this drops. We have a new WWE champion. Oh yeah. 
And that man's name is the phenomenal one, A.J. Styles. Which is not the same as A.C. Slater. Correct. I mean, two, one, you know, the first letter is the same, second letter is different, and then there's a whole name that's different. Oh, but yeah. I mean, they both start with S, Slater, Styles. There's T's yeah, in there. There's L's in there. There's, there's double S's. I mean, they're pretty close, actually. Yeah, see? There you go. But, but yeah. I digress. Um, I saw the other day yeah. the rumor that there was a possibility that Mahal was hurt, and that's why they might make the switch. I had <laughs> heard it was because no one gives a shit about Jinder Mahal, uh, but, and the upcoming but Survivor why, Series match has why no Why stop interest. that now? Why stop I, now? There's been no interest for six months. I, I think it's because they finally were like, all right, enough, enough's enough. But we got to make a if change. If that was the case, for me, yeah. I would have just let Lesnar absolutely destroy him. Yeah, but then he still has then, the belt. But then the next, I guess, two days later on SmackDown, have somebody beat him for the belt. Nah, I think this is better. I think this just made Survivor Series interesting. <laughs> I, I think I'm still not pri- that interested. To be I honest think prior. Well, I'm more interested in Brock Lesnar against AJ Styles than I am Brock Lesnar against Jinder Mahal. True, but why is this not Night of the Champions? <sighs> yes, I, mean, I, we, I agree we with that. We talked about this a while ago. That yep. if they're they're bringing back a bunch of the old WCW pay per views, yeah, give us Night of the Champions, and then hey, look, Survivor Series comes, and it's like. We're going to have the U.S. title against the Intercontinental title. We're going to yeah. have our tag champ square off. And I'm like, this isn't a Survivor no, Series. No, that's not Teams there's, of Five There's will no reason. No. I know we're getting two <laughs> traditional no Survivor reason. Series matches, but there's, yeah, there, this should be a Night of Champions pay-per-view. Yeah. Or Clash of Champions or whatever, you know, Clash of the Champions or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Um. But think about the, these ramifications. I don't see Jinder Mahal getting the belt back anytime soon. I, I, I'm hoping he doesn't even get a rematch. <sighs> Maybe India. When he's in India, that would be a big pop for the crowd there. But, geez, I hope not. I, I think what you'll see – but think about the ramifications of this. Now, Survivor Series is AJ Styles against Brock Lesnar. Now, the Starcade event – the week after is no longer Nakamura against Jinder Mahal in a cage for the title. Does this now become AJ Styles against Shinsuke Nakamura in the cage for the title? Or does this become Jinder Mahal getting his rematch? Is that when he'll get his rematch? Is that Starcade house show? Um, that's a good question. And then does Jinder win the title back at the Starcade house show so we can go to India's champion? Jeez, that, that would I don't suck. Know. But, you know, this – if that's the situation – I mean, listen, I get that they bounce the tag belts back and forth over and over and over and over again. Yeah. I, I'm kind of happy that the Intercontinental belt has stayed on one person for a while. Yeah. The U.S. belt has jumped around a little too much lately. Yep. You know, Lesnar's been the champ for a bit. But, like, come on. You can't have the world title keep changing and changing and changing and changing. Like, I get – Jinder Mahal had the belt now five, six months, right? Yep. Something like that? Yep. When did he win it? I don't even remember. It was after WrestleMania, right? Yeah, it was after Mania. I was okay. I was very surprised. Was it SummerSlam or before SummerSlam? No, no, it was, it was before SummerSlam. It was, la- it was like May. 
Hmm. Yeah, so I mean he's had it for almost half a year. But yeah, like if you're Randy gonna drop Orton it, it if you're gonna drop it just to give it to you know, to AJ to have the match at Survivor Series and then switch it back to Mahal just to have it for the you know, for the India well, tour, you may as well had, just keep it on him. They had Joe beat Nakamura for the title, just to have Nakamura win back two le- two weeks later in uh, Japan. Right. But at the same time, when when did Joe beat Nakamura for the belt? Wasn't it? It was at, at TakeOver uh, Survivor Series. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can't have, like, at least that's a huge thing. This is just No, like, you're right. Well, this is kind of a huge thing. This is the first time that the WWE Championship has ever changed hands outside North America. Is it really? Yeah. It's changed hands in Canada twice. Uh, where, oh, outside North America. Outside okay. North America, yeah. Where yeah, Bret Hart, I, I yeah, Bret right. Hart beat Ric Flair in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, in uh, yeah, Shawn 92, Michaels destroyed and then, Bret Hart. Then Shawn Michaels weighed lace to Bret Hart at uh, Montreal was, at Survivor Series. Well, Shawn that Michaels was. is clearly better than, yeah. than Bret Hart. Paul's not listening uh, yeah, or, I know. Or, I right now. It would have been way funnier if Paul was listening. Oh, he'd be so angry at us right now because, you know, Bret Hart's his guy, but... Um, Still the same. So I wonder what kind of effects this is going to have, like I said, at Survivor Series at the Starcade event, which I guess I, I guess who cares? Because at the Starcade event, they're not televising that. Really? Yeah, I've read that. They, it's they, not even on the network? It's not going to be a network special because they don't feel like it's going to – it's not going to draw anyone to want to get the network to watch it is the, is the rumor. But if now the main event is Nakamura and AJ Styles in a steel cage, yeah, that that should how, draw some people. How the crap would that not draw people? Like you've got to at least put that match on. Yeah, and Ric Flair supposed to be making an appearance. Now that'd be his first appearance back since his all his medical health issues. He's gonna be making an appearance there. You have Charlotte going in a cage for the women's title against Net. This has got to be a network special. It's fucking Starcade. Like, the yeah. fact that they didn't, you know what I mean? Like, it's not a pay-per-view, which is bad enough. Okay, it's cool it's coming back, but it's not going to be a pay-per-view, which is stupid. But it's going to be a, a house show only, not even a network special. I just don't get that. Ugh. That makes no sense. Um, I mean, he, you know what? Take an episode of SmackDown. Don't air an episode of SmackDown and put this on TV for an hour. Right. Yeah. Throw commercials in there. At least give us some of the matches. Come on. Right. I mean, this would be so much better. I, especially, I mean, even with, not even with, but especially with, you know, uh, Gallows and Anderson are wrestling the Rock and Roll Express on the show. Yeah. I think I that's cool that. as hell. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, anyways, I'm just so excited that Mahal's not the champion. I'm just jacked. Jacked, I tell you. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Gallows and Anderson, did you see their costumes on the uh, August, sorry, October 30th Raw? They played the their they played their Southpaw regional wrestler characters, Tex Ferguson. Yes. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. I hated they lost. The match wasn't the best, but I thought that was absolutely hilarious. It, it, it tickled me. <laughs> Would have been cooler if he came out as Festus. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, just to keep talking about WWE for a minute here. Uh, that Flair 30 for 30s tonight, as in Tuesday night, uh, I can't wait to watch that. Are you going to watch that tonight, or are you going to hold off till? Uh, I It's definitely, the TiVo is all set for it. Yeah. 
Um, I haven't decided if I'm going to watch it tonight or if I'm going to – I have a feeling I would um, – Daylight Savings is messing me up. Really? So I have a feeling that – I have a feeling I might pass out in the middle of it. So I might save it for tomorrow because I'm off work tomorrow. Well, I worked – Saturday to Sunday, and it dragged like crazy. <laughs> yeah, I and can then, imagine. And then, and like, not even the fact that we had to repeat an hour, or we fell back and so I had to work an extra hour, it still just dragged horrendously, and then that just made it ten times worse. I mean, it was... Oh, God, it was horrendous. <laughs> um, did you see that on Twitter, that the Charlotte Flair challenged Michelle McCool? Oh, no, I did not. Yeah. She was like, oh, it'd be great if like Michelle McCool came back and had one more match. I'd love to wrestle her. It wasn't like a negative thing. It was like a positive thing. Right. And Michelle was like, yes, I absolutely would do it. I'm now, she goes, I'm, and Charlotte was like, are you serious? She's like, yeah, I'm absolutely serious. Get someone to call me. I've been waiting for someone to ask. So that's pretty cool, huh. actually. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, just stick with the WWE. Apparently tonight, Tuesday night in Birmingham, Angle's uh, Angle Russell the house show. Oh yeah, I saw that. This is going to be his first. Yeah. His first live event in like eleven years or something. Yeah. Um, WWE released Summer Rae, Daring Young, and Emma, and um, two out of three I could care less about. You know, this is the thing. I mean, Summer Rae was pretty much pointless. Right. But like, Darren Young was talented. Yep. But I mean. They broke up the primetime players just as they started getting some kind of a push. Exactly. And then they had them involved in a feud that nobody cared about. Right. For what seemed like four years, even though it was probably only about five months. Um, and then you put them with Bob Backlund, which was odd. Yeah, that was a really weird pairing. You know, it's like, I don't know. It's like they just didn't know what to do with the guy. Which seems to be a, a common theme with a lot of people. But. Well, I mean, the, it just seems like with Summer Rae and Darren Young, it makes sense. They've been off air for so long, or off TV for so long, it's almost like, yeah, that kind of seems like an accurate thing that would happen. But yeah, then I mean, with, with. With Summer Rae, I, I, I mean, it was kind of expected. With Darren Young, when they announced that he was released, I sort of thought to myself, you know, I haven't seen him in a while. And then I, I sort of think, was he hurt or something? But it's just. He just wasn't on TV. Yeah, no, he but. just literally wasn't on TV. Yeah. And so, again, those two guys being released, not a surprise. Emma, she just had two competitive matches with Oscar. Yeah, that, that whole thing pisses me off. If she would have been destroyed and finished in seconds, he'd be like, no, that's why. But instead, no, she had two competitive matches, which I honestly thought Oscar should have gone over stronger with her debut. She should have destroyed her. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it's kind of like either they didn't know they were going to release her. I, I, I don't know. No, I mean she's taking everything... indie booking starting in February. So yeah, limitless wrestling. Hey, limitless wrestling. Screw <clears throat> it up. Yeah, I mean I, that bugs me so much because she she is one of my favorites. Yep. I think, but like with the exception of Charlotte Flair, I think she's the all around the next best all around performer. Oh, yeah. No, I, I I think she's a fantastic wrestler. I mean, like, I can think of many other women wrestlers, quote fingers, they should have gotten rid of instead of Emma. Oh, Alicia Fox. Naomi. No, but she's the, she's oh, your Jesus. raw women smack. 
uh, Survivor Series captain. That's yeah. a funny gimmick. She that keeps makes, talking like a captain. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's funny. Um, yeah. Hey, Pete Dunn made yes. his main roster debut Monday night, and uh, they screwed that up, in my opinion. Oh, don't spoil it. I haven't watched it yet. You haven't? No. I okay. told you I started I started watching Raw right before we recorded and I'm okay. in the well, middle let, of the, let me the just, Ballad Samoa Joe well, Do you know who he wrestles? No. Okay. So just, I, I just, know that he showed up. That's all. I'll that just I put know. it this way. Okay. I'm not going to tell you the match who won, who he wrestles, whatever. But his music kicks on, the people go absolutely crazy because it's Pete and then Dunn. it cuts to commercial. No, it says oh, okay. Pete Dunn right on the thing. We know it's Pete Dunn coming out. Angle walks out. Oh. And Angle then like basically announces that the person in the ring, you're going to be fighting Pete Dunn. And they never shut Pete Dunn's music off. They just lowered it so you could hear Angle. And then his music kicked back up high again. And then Pete Dunn walked out. It was like they meant to play Angle's music and they accidentally kicked on Pete Dunn's type of thing. Okay. Uh. But instead of just being like, oh, it's Pete Dunn. They know it's him. They know who it is. Then... They, but they still had Angle go out and like introduce him like he was a mystery. Hi, you're in Manchester, United Kingdom. Yeah, and but based, why would the people in Manchester know who Pete Dunn was? And based it's on not the, like, and based on the pop, it's they, not like they knew who Pete Dunn champ. was. Yeah, yeah, they knew who the United Kingdom champion was. So, um, I was very happy to see him on Raw, and I was very, very pleased uh, <clears throat> with the match myself. And um, Michael Cole, actually, I'm going to have to give him nope. credit. Nope. Yep. He said two sentences nope. really good on this show. Oh, Jesus. Just two sentences. Was it, I hereby announce my resignation from Raw. <laughs> you will never see me again on TV. No, it was him putting over Pete Dunn, though, as uh, for like a million bucks. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, okay, you have to admit... UK Championship Tournament without Vince in his ear the whole time, Michael Cole was actually really good. Uh, no. He was. I hate to say it, but he was. It hurts me to say it, but he was. But anyways, uh, speaking of Pete Dunne, he's going to be defending his uh, United Kingdom Championship at the takeover of the Night Before Survivor Series. Oh, uh, nice. At TakeOver War Games against Johnny Gargano. Um, Interesting. That should be pretty goddamn awesome. Well, yeah, why? Why? Plain and simple. Him though. I don't. You, there's no rule that says you have to be from the United Kingdom to represent the United Kingdom. Well, that's apparently. true. I guess the European the title champion. was yeah, never exactly. But like the whole tournament for this championship though was like all UK guys. I know, I know. But still, we get to watch Pete Dunne Russell. The only thing that will suck is if he loses the belt and then we never see him again. You know, I think this is probably just, well, we got to buy a little bit more time for Tommaso Ciampa to come back. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe he'll make so, his return and attack Johnny oh Gargano. Oh, my God. Maybe he'll make his return in the middle yeah. of this match and cost yeah. it. Yeah. And then we have the Royal Rumble take over them fighting. Yep. That would be awesome. Oh, my God. I cannot wait for that. I cannot wait for their singles match either. That's going to be excellent. Because the, their match, when they didn't really even have a story... Oh, it's Cruiserweight, Cruiserweight Classic. Class. Oh, they told the story in the match, for crying out loud. Oh, so good. But yeah. this one, you can have a build-up, and you can have, like, the hatred between them going into it. Oh, my God. I mean, when they were tag team partners, yep. they beat the piss out of each other. Now that they don't actually like oh. each other. Oh, my God. I cannot wait for this match. 
those two guys are good. Uh, they're, I, yes, I would they say, are. my personal opinion, out of everyone in NXT, those two guys are my favorites. And, I mean, there's a lot of good guys in NXT yep. now. But those two... Man, oh, I'm a I'm big fan. I'm big. You know, uh, um, the takeover the night before is still is definitely shaping up to be better than the actual Survivor Series. <laughs> Let, uh, I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. When was the last time the takeover did not shape up to be better than the pay-per-view the following night? Never. I mean, when, honestly, when was the last time you were more excited for the main roster show than you were the takeover? When they can, can, no, can you I, think of one? No, I, I actually I can't. No, and again, I think, and I think we've talked about this in the past. I think it's in in defense of the main roster show. They try to do too much, whereas exactly takeover is. is like five or six, you know, eight week built matches. Yep, and you know they're uh, yeah, but that's what WWE used to be back in the you know back yeah. in the nineties. So I mean, yeah, it's yeah, because nice. I mean a lot of the problem. Yeah, and I, I still I still hold the belief that if WWE went back to the big four pay per views, yep, and every once in a while did a big thing, yeah, the product would be significantly better. I you I'm not going to disagree with that. You don't need a pay-per-view a month. It's watered stuff down. It doesn't let you build enough. Now, you know, because now you have a big feud that, you know, goes June, July, August, ends at SummerSlam. It used to be, oh my goodness, these two guys, they, something happens in the Royal Rumble and it costs them a match. And then they would build to WrestleMania, you know, and then... Yeah, they'd settle the feud at SummerSlam and like some huge ridiculous thing. Yep. That was awesome. Like now it's like, oh hey, here's your feud. Though these guys will fight 14 times on Raw or SmackDown in three pay-per-views in the next next four months, and then they'll move on to something else. It's like, eh. you know, I'd rather I would rather a build a gradual build than everything shoved in my face. Um. Yeah. One hundred million percent. Yeah. So. You know, and I mean, now that they kind of went to the network model instead of the pay-per-view model, yeah. I mean, they don't need to do network specials every week, you know, or every other week it seems because you got your Raw and your SmackDown stuff. Right. Um. Well, you know, they could still do the shows. Well, fuck. See, I would say they could still do the shows, you know, but just have it be no, nah, because then you're still it's still a pay per view. Yeah. Cause, yeah, because it's still trying to be bigger than what it is. Yep. Yeah. Now, if they went back to the Big Four format with like, well, okay, how about this? You do the Big Four format, so you have January and March. And uh, August, or March, end of March, beginning of April, August, and then November, okay? So right. in February, nobody has a special because they don't need it. And right. then you say Raw will have one in May, SmackDown has one in June. Right. And then nobody has one in July. 
August yeah, is or, SummerSlam. No one has one in September or October. November is Survivor Series. And then in December, oh no, you're back around again. So if you let them have one in October, let's just say. They both have one in October even. Right. I mean, you're spreading it out then. You're, you're giving yeah. time to build between storylines. Yeah. And, you know. and I mean, even if you wanted to sprinkle in more stuff than that, yeah. that's when you can have your Clash of the Champions. Yeah. That's when you can have, you know, hey, this month we're going to have Raw and SmackDown. We're going to do a tag team tournament pay-per-view. Find a partner. Have a tournament. You know, we'll compete for the glory of SmackDown or Raw. You know, they, they right. can do fun stuff that might actually get people interested. Have a King of the Ring tournament one month. Oh, Jesus, yes. Do a, you King, know, of like, do, do a King of the Ring tournament in, in June, and you have April and May to have qualifying matches built leading up to it. Right. This you is know, where I think... Do, this is where I think that New Japan is smart because you have the G1 tournament, which has two blocks and 32 guys having, you know, round robin matches, you know, for a month and a half. But WWE yeah. can do the same thing for like two friggin' months. And they could make every one of those matches mean something because every win would – a win would mean something. A loss would mean something. That's, Think of the Cruiserweight Classic. That's why it worked. We had you know that tournament for two months on during the summer. It's because every yeah. win win meant something. So like every yep. year they have the G1 Special. They have the Super Juniors. They have the World Tag League's about to start up here. I mean that's how they – I mean – I. And, and Noah's done the same thing, and All Japan has done the same thing. They have their own versions of these tournaments and tagged her leagues and this and that and everything. And, you know, if WWE just got on board into the same thing, like you have the King of the Ring in June. So you have a pay-per-view with eight, eight men, but it started with 32, and it led to those four from Raw and four from SmackDown, and now they're wrestling yep. at the pay-per-view. Like... From yeah, the have, day, yeah, from the day after WrestleMania start, on. Have it start on Raw and SmackDown with yep. qualifiers. Yep. And then say, hey, now, you know, you have Raw, you have SmackDown. And now every every Thursday night, we're going to put out another episode on the network. Yeah. It's an hour long. It's going to be two, three matches. Yeah. And it's going to build its way to SummerSlam. Yeah. That would be, that would be amazing. I think it would be better. And I would better. much rather watch an hour a week on the network of matches that mattered yep. than, you know, you know, what used to be pay-per-views every month yep. where, you know, there's so much crap that they throw two matches on a pre-show and then you have three and a half hours of a show and it's like literally partway through the show, just random people come out and start throwing lettuce at some guy playing a guitar until they have a match. And like I get there was extenuating circumstances with that event. Right. But I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, you can't have an entire build to a match on a pay per view spread out through through, you know, five minute segments that were pointless and no one cared about, and then have a match later in the show. Just cut ten minutes off the runtime. Yep. There you go. Well, I think that's okay, well let's look what to, to I guess I don't know quantify this um, or not quantify this but just to go along what we're talking about um, 
I have a buddy, Brandon, we've been emailing about wrestling lately, and he sent me this question, and I, I know you've already you've already posed it, so I've already uh, sent it to you, but I'm going to read it out loud right now anyways. It says, uh, it makes me wonder how important a buildup in, is in wrestling. I recently saw Brad Strutz of CWF arguing with someone about how PWG doesn't create storylines because of that. The fans are not invested. My initial reaction was to agree with him, but then thinking back, I don't know if I do. The whole she said she, the whole, uh, he says, she says abusive authority storylines have worn me out. I'd much rather see two guys in the ring just beat the hell out of each other because they don't like one another than spending four weeks watching a soap opera unfold. I wonder if storylines have been too complicated and too TV-like instead of keeping things simple. You broke my arm, so I'm going to kick your ass the way things used to be. I don't know. Just mindless rambling here, but I think it's a topic worth examining. And I, I agree with him. I think it is a topic worth examining. And it's kind of what we're saying, like... We actually want to see a story build, but we don't want to see authority bullshit. We don't want to see that. We want to see this match mean something because the winner is going to advance to this tournament, and then the winner of the tournament is going to mean something. Right. So we want it to mean something because we, we want to watch the wrestling, and we want the matches to mean something, and the matches to tell a story. But see, but I mean, if you because think it's about wrestling, it, not because of drama. Going back to even when we were kids, yeah, and we were watching in the eighties, yeah. I mean, they had ridiculous drama build stuff. Well, but it wasn't like it is now. I mean, like really? Well, it was, but it wasn't like it was as it, in it like you had Ricky Steamboat. It wasn't the evil authority figure, but you had right, and Jake that's Martel and Jake Roberts starting to feud, and then oh, he sprayed him in the eyes, and Jake Roberts was gone for a while. Then he came back and his glasses not, and he had his eyes were all clouded over, and then he was trying to get his hands on it, and it built and built and built until that match. Right. You had, you know, Jake Roberts torturing the under torturing the Ultimate Warrior, you know, putting him in the thing, you know, with the Undertaker, building and yep. building and building. You know, there but was that all, was one wrestler was, messing with another wrestler. It right, was but it there was Ricky multiple stories like that. But in, in, yeah, but those two stories you just you just talked about, they didn't take place at the same time. They, no, but they, I'm saying there were things going on at the same time cuz when like the war, you know, the ultimate warrior and an undertaker it, thing was happening, you had Hogan and and Earthquake, you know, at the same yeah, time. Yeah, but it was you told had, in the ring. You know, I like <sighs> But it wasn't always but for but see, I think my, what it is for me now, it's it's the authority thing. It's ever since that 1997 when Vince McMahon turned heel and and you know said this is how I'm going to have my company and get Austin versus McMahon. I think that as great as it was then, now it just kind of ruins wrestling because now every storyline after that point, WCW did it, TNA's been doing it. You know, WWE hasn't stopped doing it where you have an authority figure against somebody or authority figures against somebody else. You know, I mean, we've literally been watching a McMahon for 20 years screech and scream and yell on the TV telling us why this person sucks or doesn't suck or you know what I mean? Like, right. Rather, it's Vince or Stephanie or Shane. And then if you look over on on Raw, I mean on Nitro, you had Eric Bischoff and then Vince Russo and then Russoff and Bischoff together. 
And and then in TNA, right away, you had Jeff Jarrett, who was the champion and the freaking authority guy. Or you had, for a little bit, there was Callis, and then it was Vince Russo, and then it was Eric Bischoff, and now then it was Dixie Carter. You know, like, it's, it's, always, it's always some authority figure who's throwing monkey wrenches in people's paths, and it's, there's just, it's just, it's, you know, like, back when Shane McMahon, when, when, when Rick Martel sprayed arrogance and, Je- and, and Jake Roberts' eyes. You know, we saw that happening. He was injured. You saw the vignettes for the Brother Love show where you see, you know, Jake's eye, like you said, and then they had a match. There was no authority figure involved. There was President Jack Tunney who who made that match. Right. That's it, though. He, he was <laughs> biased. Uh, you know what I mean? I yeah. mean, unbiased. You had going all the way back to, you know, Randy Savage dropping the bell on Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's throat. Causing him yep. to almost permanently damage his vocal cords, and and Ricky Steamboat <laughs> having to learn to speak. Place. Yes, and having yeah. to learn to speak again, and and then coming back and then beating Savage for the title. You know, like I told a great story, but like I think it's just this whole authority figure thing just is just drives me nuts. And you know, you watch PWG, and they do have some storylines going on. They have the, the, their championship belt always has a storyline. But you're right; they do have a lot of shows where they just have two guys wrestle just to see who's the better man, and but, it's damn entertaining. But that's the thing. Look at what they had to do at the last pay per view. Yeah. When when everybody got sick, They're like yeah. you know what, AJ Styles, come here and fight Finn Balor. Yep. It, I, I mean, loved it though. First of all, those two guys are amazing. So, like, it's a little bit yeah, different. Right. But that, to me, <laughs> that's what PWG is. It's like, hey, we want to see these matches. Yeah. I'd love to see these th- two guys fight. I'd like to see these two guys fight. And then they go, you know what? Here's your new, you know, here's the new event. These guys are all fighting. Yep. You know, in a situation like that, where it's not really, you know, it's not a weekly TV show. It's not a... Give me whatever, you know, like Wrestle Kingdom. You got Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. That's yep. awesome. Yeah. You know, give give me that match. I'll watch that all the time. But I don't need you to have – I mean the two of them were kind of going back and forth on Twitter. Yeah. You know, building a little bit of a feud, you know, to get some hype. But like I don't even need that. If you're just going to tell me at Wrestle Kingdom that you're just going to give me Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho – I'd be like, well, hell yeah. Yeah. No, but the thing is, the name Kenny Omega, the name Chris Jericho, it means something. Like, think of it this way. Oh, we're going to give you uh, Bo Dallas against Curtis Axel. But you know what? Maybe that would be an awesome match. It It probably really could be if they actually let him go. That's... You know, I don't know how great those guys. I mean, Bo Dallas was pretty good in NXT. He was. He was the champion in NXT. You know yeah. what? I, but think about, the, you know, NXT. I think works really well because their storylines are simple, right? And they cut good promos, and it makes sense. I think. I think Raw and SmackDown, everything's just too complicated. Yeah. I think the storylines are too complicated. I think they need to step back. And they just need to say, you know, less is more. Let's get rid of authority people. Let's get rid of of commissioners. Let's get rid of all this shit. Yeah. We don't need it. 
we don't need any of that stuff. Let's just have this guy wrestle this guy and then this guy wrestle this guy and go back to how you used to tell stories in wrestling as opposed to how they're doing it now. Yeah. And we don't need 13 match cards. No. I mean, I get it's WrestleMania and you want to put everybody on. Yeah. But like 11 matches and pre-show matches and all kinds. Like, come on. Unless it's a WrestleMania 4 where you're going to give me, you know, like an awesome tournament throughout. I don't need to have matches, a card that has, you know, four different matches that are under five minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I don't have I don't have time to sit from five until like midnight watching an event. And the thing is, is if every match they are giving you was a phenomenal match, then you'd be okay with it. But I would rather sit down and watch a action-packed two-hour and 45-minute, you know, NXT yeah. TakeOver event that has five or six solid matches, then sit down to watch the five hours of, oh, now we got to kind of sit through this match. Or now we got to kind of sit yeah. through this match. And as much as I love WrestleMania, as much as I love wrestling, I will say this. That entranceway at WrestleMania last year was way too long. What are you talking about? It was like it was the length of a football field. Excessive. <laughs> like it was too long. Like they should have had the carts for everybody like WrestleMania three. Because it took way too long for everyone to get to the ring. You know, yeah. like you watch the Hardy's explosive return and it takes them five minutes to get down there. You know, like it's just <laughs> Yeah, it was too long. What was it? They had what was the Royal Rumble last year, which was in, uh, you know, it was in in what, the the San Antonio, right, at the Dome. Yeah. And you, they didn't show it on TV, but like Big the Show, big Braun Strowman, the big guys, they had a cart that they took them down, and then you have like everyone else has to get to the ring on their own. So you have Ty Dillinger making his main roster debut. And he can't even, like, take some time and soak it in to, before he gets down there because he's got to quickly get his gear off and jog to the ring so that way he can be in the ring for 30 seconds before the next guy comes out. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I think we got I think we got turned around a little bit on that one, but that's okay. Yeah, it happens. Uh, so Hideo Itami, I heard, is going to 205 Live. So I'm guess he, I'm sure he's glad he signed with WWE and left Noah. Yeah. What do you think about that? Ah, uh, whatever. <laughs> like at this point, I don't know, man. It it seems like what's going to happen in the next year or so. Yeah. All of the people who should be main eventing stuff in WWE. Yeah. Are going to start disappearing and going to start doing the Cody Rhodes model and. Just making a billion dollars doing indies. Uh, it's working for Cody Rhodes. I mean, it's working for the Young Bucks, for Cody Rhodes, for a whole bunch of people. You know, pretty soon, pretty soon, Neville is going to join that. Oh yeah, without a doubt. You know, without a doubt. I, mean, I, I guarantee Emma is going to make mint too because she's amazing and she'll go all over the world. Um, I, I heard this today. I wonder if she has a uh, visa from. Like, if she got her green card or if she just has a work visa from WWE because she's Australian. Right. Because if she has a work visa, then she'd probably get kicked back to can- to Australia. You were going to say Canada. I almost did say Canada, yeah. <laughs> so. Hey, um. 
Jumping but at the same to, time, Neville is English, so who knows what, you know? Yeah. I think it's all good. Jumping over to uh, Impact Wrestling for a minute. <laughs> for a few minutes. So Impact Wrestling is officially called Impact Wrestling again. They were briefly called Global Force Wrestling from, uh, what was it, June through September. But now they're officially Impact Wrestling and they've dropped the Global Force Wrestling name from their name. They've dropped the, the Global Force Wrestling name from all their titles. They're just straight up Impact Wrestling again. They, they've also dropped most of their roster lately if you've – Well, I was about to say <laughs> a big chunk of their roster has left. And not only that, but their three prime referees, uh, Brian Hepner, Earl Hepner, and the Stifler kid, they've all left TNA as well. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I just read that today. Uh, that that like that Earl's gone and Brian's gone and and apparently the Stifler kid's been gone for a little while because Anthem is a Canadian company. Okay. And that's who bought Impact. And apparently Anthem, yeah, they're based out of Toronto, Ontario. And apparently, from the looks of things, they're moving Impact to Canada. Well, I saw that they're doing the shows up there. Well, and they, they, did, hi- they did bound for glory. For the- oh, God. I know. <laughs> they're hiring people to be in the audience. hundred. They're paying people like 150 bucks to sit in the audience or something like that. Well, it's $50. 100 yeah, $50. That's what I meant. Yeah, but I'm going to be honest, man. I totally would do that. If I lived near there, of course I would. Yeah, I said the same thing. I'm like, I would go. I'd bring my whole family. Why not? I mean, they just had the pay-per-view this past Sunday in Ottawa, Ontario. They're doing TV tapings all this week to get their TV tape for the rest of the year. And it's going to be in Canada. And uh, they're not using – like they're they're using a lot of local referees. That's why they weren't using the Hebners, and that's why they left. Um, hmm. The people that have left TNA recently – um, they all probably would have trouble getting into Canada for various reasons, either visa reasons or passport reasons or OUI reasons or whatever. And where they're primarily going to be a Canadian company now, it's uh, that's kind of where they're going to be based out of. Um, I know, like like I said, Bound for Glory this was this past weekend. Um, it's only their second pay-per-view this year. And I'm not going to lie, I've, I've heard a lot of negative things about the show. And one of the only match I was actually, the match I was looking forward to the most hearing about or watching or whatever, if you will, was uh, going to be Rosemary against uh, Taya Valkyrie in a first blood match. And that match did not happen because Taya, who is a Canadian citizen, but she has... America, she has uh, residency in the United States, was concerned that if she went to Canada, she couldn't get back in because she hasn't finalized her paperwork on her U.S. residency yet. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Like, it's it's just a comedy of errors with that company. Right? So, uh, because of that, because, you know, the, the TV taping decision was kind of last minute as well and whatnot. So essentially, like, she was involved in one of the... I mean, even the build-up video that they released was really good for this match. Uh, so one of the hottest matches of the pay-per-view didn't happen. One of the biggest feuds is not going to happen. And the, the one half of that's not even going to be on TV for the rest of the year because she couldn't go to the TV tapings. Hmm. 
But I don't want to go over Bound for Glory because I don't need to. Uh, I will say Sammy Callahan made an appearance. That was pretty damn awesome. Uh, but, uh, yeah. That covers what I want to talk about for Impact Ruck- Wrestling. It covers more than I want to talk about for Impact Wrestling. <sighs> well, that's just the way it is. <laughs> so New Japan Pro Wrestling Power Struggle also had their pay-per-view. Sorry, had their pay-per-view Power Struggle on November 5th, the same day as... Impact had uh, Bound for Glory, and okay. that was decidedly a much better pay-per-view. And obviously, like you said earlier, it was revealed that Chris Jericho is a ta- has a challenged Kenny Omega for Russell Kingdom 12 at the Tokyo Dome. And what I think is interesting about that is how Omega, uh, not Omega, how. Jericho has been so openly said for years now that essentially if it's not happening in the WWE, then it doesn't really matter. It's just the minor leagues Mm. and has meant it. And then even Don Callis uh, last week on his podcast with um, Lance Storm even said himself that he never he would he would never expect them to have a match together. This was before the match was announced. I'm sure he knew about it by then anyways. Right. Um, that uh, because Jericho has always said, oh, everything's minor leagues. And, and you know, I, I've i heard him say it for years. read it in his books. I've heard him say it in his podcast for years. When he interviews wrestlers that are not in the WWE or whatever, he even basically he talks that way, uh, essentially saying that anything not WWE is just kind of whatever. It's bullshit. It's crap. It's... You know, it's nowhere near as good, and um, so that was I was very. That's one of the reasons why I was surprised the most that Jericho appeared to challenge Omega. Yeah. Um, I was reading today. Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer stated that Jericho got the idea from Mayweather against McGregor, and he thought, well, what match out there could there be that no one would ever expect to see ever happening? And he figured him against Omega would be it, and. Mm. You know, Gato, who's the booker, or sorry, Jado, no, Gato, mm-hmm. who's the booker for New Japan, uh, was friend, we used to be tag partners and friends with Jericho, and so, I mean, there's easy enough way for him to reach out and ask, and from everything I uh, read, it's it's going to be a one-shot deal, so, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that, yeah. and I think, I mean, you know how every time Jericho comes back or does something he's always like reinvents himself in a way yeah i mean i don't think he's gonna grow his hair back to be lionheart but i don't know it's pretty long right now in two more months of growth it could be oh, that's true. yeah but and, man uh, i i really hope that he goes back to i mean obviously it's it's oh. been you know 25 years yeah you know, i don't I see him coming out can, but i don't see him coming out in i see him get new gear I think he'd go back to long pants and maybe even a vest. I don't see the scarf. I don't see the list, obviously, the light-up jacket, nothing like that. I right. I see this being completely different Jericho because that's what he's always kind of done is is presented himself in a, in a in a different light each time type of thing. So Yeah, and I mean I, I honestly don't know if he's been back in Japan since he was in Japan. I, I'm sure well, he's, he's wrestled for WWE in Japan. He just right. I mean, he, yeah, he's wrestled many. He did the uh, he wrestled Nakamura in Japan for WWE. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
Right. Um, coming out of Power Struggle as well, you know, are going into because Power Struggle is essentially the last big show before uh, Russell Kingdom 12 because now they're going into the tag league and that'll eat up the next couple of months of TV for New Japan. So uh, you have Russell Kingdom 12, Okada against Naito for the uh, WGP World Heavyweight Championship, Omega vs. Jericho. Uh, you're looking at Tanahashi against uh, Jay White, who's making his return. They've been having this mysterious Switchblade character vignettes playing, and it turns out it's Jay White. Mm. And uh, so it looks like Jay White's going to be challenging Tanahashi. Jay White's uh, from New Zealand. He's a young boy in New Japan. Got sent out for his excursion with the Ring of Honor. He's been gone for over a year now. So no surprise to see him back. And then Cody Rhodes apparently appeared at Power Struggle and challenged Ibushi. Oh, yeah? To face him for the Ring of Honor World title at Wrestle Kingdom 12. That'd be cool. Well, Cody Rhodes was at Wrestle Kingdom last year, right? Yes, it was his, that was his debut for New Japan was at Wrestle Kingdom last year. Right. And he wrestled Juice Robinson. And, oh, uh, right, right. Yeah, and uh, excuse me for a second. And then, you know, he went on to win the, win the Ring of Honor title that uh, that June. Yeah. At the... Uh, pay-per-view in Lowell, Massachusetts. I was sitting front row at and took that kick-ass picture of him holding the belt ah, so crying. Cool. That was a great picture, wasn't it? Like, to toot my yeah. own horn? That was pretty badass. Um, yeah, I think next time he's by you, you should make, like, a nice printout of it and give it to him. I agree with you 100%. Uh, and get it signed. Just get one for myself signed. Yeah. Because that's probably the greatest wrestling picture I've ever taken. I have I, not seen every one of your wrestling pictures. I've taken a lot. But I, I would not, I would not doubt that. That was a pretty fantastic picture. And I don't mean like the pictures. Like there's, there's a picture that I, there's, I, there's a few I'm in that I'm very partial to, like me and me and the four horsemen. And Never heard of them. Yeah, I know you haven't. Uh, it's this. Oh, that's like Ronda that Rousey and all them, right? No, that's women. This is men. This was back in the '80s. At uh, the original version was J.J. Dillon. Oh, it was Earthquake and Typhoon. No, and, those are uh, the natural disasters. This, yeah, is, the, this is the Four Horsemen. Um, I got a picture of me and Terry Funk that's pretty awesome. Because mm. he's got his arm around me like we're long-lost buddies. And he's very and he's got this big, big smile on his face. And Truth it's, be told, he just couldn't stand up. <laughs> he's using his support. <laughs> he, he actually did stand up to take the picture with me, which was really cool. It was at a oh, show nice. in 2000. It was in 2002. So he oh, wasn't, okay. So yeah. he was only like 83 years old. Well, it was 15 years ago, so he was actually in his late 50s, I want to say, for being for being serious. Yeah, um, he, yeah, he's in his early 70s now, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so early, maybe, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, but he actually stood up and he put his arm around me, and his head was all bandaged up from blading the night before, and it's, it's a badass picture, actually. It's pretty damn awesome. But yeah, this picture I took of Cody of him holding the belt. It's definitely my all-time favorite picture I've ever taken uh, at a wrestling show. So, um, <clears throat> Yeah, so seeing him on the card against Ibushi. Essentially, um, Cody is that guy that he has the new school mentality of wrestling. But he also has that tradition of the old school because of his name. And his style in the ring and everything. So, I don't know. I think 
this is leading into my, my talk of the NWA title, but I think he's the one guy that if he somehow, if, they, if, if he hadn't signed with Ring of Honor, if they would have put the NWA World's Championship on him, he really, I think, could have brought that company to prominence being one of those old-school touring champions. Yeah. That went around to all the indie leagues and everything. Um, have you been watching the NWA 10 Pounds of Gold YouTube channel there, specials? No, you, you told me about it the last time we recorded, and I just I haven't had a chance. Well, they've done they've done a they've done a few episodes, and actually the NWA Tim Storm has been the NWA champion for more than a year, and as much as I love and follow wrestling, like you have to search things out about the NWA since he won the belt just to see what's going on even before he won the belt when Bruce Starp had the company I mean if I wasn't Facebook friends with him I would never probably see anything about the NWA and when Tim Storm won the belt my first reaction is who the fuck is Tim Storm and I have really had to search to find anything I mean he essentially has been wrestling for 20 plus years but he's basically stayed in the Texas area Texas you know Arizona Arkansas you know, Oklahoma, Nevada, California, like he, that's pretty much where he stayed. He's, I can't find any evidence of him ever going to Japan or Canada even, or just anywhere, even Mexico, other than just that, you know, Southern Southwestern United States area. And he had one match in uh, WWE and it was an ECW on sci-fi match against, I think, Viscera. That went like two minutes when they were in Arizona. So I just couldn't find anything on him. And ever since Corgan bought the company, he was silent until October when all the licensees expired of all the, of all the affiliates. So there's no affiliates anymore. And then they started doing these YouTube video series uh, looking at Tim Storm, talking about him, the NWA championship. I mean, really pushing and promoting him. And then they've even showed, because on their YouTube channel, they showed a match from Tim Storm at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, where he beat a guy. And then okay. Nick Aldis came out and challenged him for the belt. And then the next week, they showed another match of, and this is on their YouTube channel. So it's like they're doing their own stuff, but it was a match also taped at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, where Nick Aldis beat a guy. And then cut a promo about Tim Storm. And now this Saturday, or this Sunday, uh, November 12th, I believe it is. Yep. Uh, Tim Storm's defending the NWA World title against Nick Aldis in, okay. in Los Angeles. And that match will be on their YouTube channel after it's over as well. So, I mean, like, you know, they've basically said, here's a challenger, here's a champion, here's an enhancement match of them both. We're doing uh, these vignette videos talking about them to build them. Now they're going to have a match. And then after that match is over, either Tim Storm will move on to the next champ challenger or he'll challenge for the belt if he loses or whatever it is they do. But, like, this is this is kind of what we were talking about earlier when it comes to promoting a match. Yeah. You know, it's simple. It's basic. It's telling a story. I mean, I don't know. I like it. I think they're doing a good job with it. Sounds yeah. like it. I know I want to watch it. It interests me. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. What about you? You got anything else wrestling you want to chit-chat about? Uh, No, I don't think so. 
Yeah, no, I don't really have anything. Okay. Let's see. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess that covers everything I want to talk about. I mean, it was a lot. We covered some WWE, some NXT, some Impact, NWA, New Japan and, Pro yeah. Wrestling. I mean, holy shit. Yeah, Saved by the Bell. Saved by the Bell. We covered the gamut. Yeah. What, let me ask you this question, all right? I, I need to know your opinion about this because I don't know if I've ever asked you this. Uh-oh. But, but chronologically, where do you consider the Tory years to be? Is that like alternate world? First of all, world? it wasn't years. It was six episodes in the middle of their senior year of high school for some random reason. No, it was no, – I, I know I said years, but it was more than six episodes, wasn't it? No. Seriously? Yeah, it was just a handful of episodes. I knew it wasn't very long. I thought it was like a short season type of thing. No, but it happened in the middle of the season. And and See, for some <sighs> random reason, Kelly and Jesse were just gone for a bit. And then even more random, Tori was gone and Jesse and Kelly were back and then they graduated high school. See, all right. I remember – I, okay, so I, I do remember – see, I don't remember if I watched it live. I think that's the problem. I don't recall if I watched it live or not. That is Save, the problem. Saved by the Bell, okay? But um, I know that – I felt like they did a season without them. Like I felt, I felt like they somehow did an extra season without them. This is at the time watching it. And then they for the final episodes, they're like, these are going to be the final episodes. You girls got to come back. And so they did. Okay. It was ten episodes. I just okay. looked it up. All right. I knew it was more than six. But chronologically, do you consider that part of the Saved by the Bell universe or do you consider that like alternate world? Well, I mean it has to be part of the universe because most of everybody else is still there. Yeah, but then once, once Jesse and, and – and and Kelly come back. They don't even acknowledge Tori ever existed. Correct. So was she even there? I mean, it I know a, she. It was a fever. Stag. It was a fever dream. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Things like that befuddle me sometimes. Yeah, I hear you. Why? Why? Why they would even bother doing that? Yeah. I mean, why not? I I don't remember what it was. I remember. I did know at some point what the reason was, yeah. why why um, why they were gone. Yeah. But I, I forget what it is now. Like okay, I hate the fact that they call the uh, Hawaiian style. Okay. Like it's oh that was four episodes. No, it was a movie. No, it's a movie. Yeah. It was just it was just a movie. It wasn't four episodes at all. But it was a movie. when it first aired on TV. I mean, it was aired as a movie, but then it was yeah. aired as four separate episodes. And then the wedding in Las Vegas. Same thing. Well, the wedding in Las Vegas was not. That That's was a movie. That was a movie. Yeah. That was the movie to end the show. But it's almost like they they take that and they broke that down to being episodic as well, and they well, attached it to the college years. And because it was attached to the college years, correct, that, that's how the college years ended. And uh, syndication reruns. It's it's tucked in with the college years. Correct at as, the end of it, as like four episodes. 
Right. Do you think because, the college years failed because they put it on prime time instead of leaving it on Saturday morning? I think that's probably a big part of it, to be honest. But at the same time, you know what? At at that time, what was on nine hundred two one zero was big. You know. Yeah, uh, but they didn't make it a drama. It was still a half hour comedy. Right, but I, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, because on Saturday mornings when that was on, they had the new glass. Yep. They had what was the other crappy one? The, the kids that played basketball, city guys. Oh, uh, first of all, are you talking about not city guys? They didn't play basketball. Didn't they play basketball? No, nah, well, that wasn't the city guys. That was. Uh... Oh no, I'm thinking of hanging with Mr. Cooper. <laughs> Uh, no, no. Was it Hoop Dreams? No, that was a t- movie. I don't know. Well, California Dreams was the other one. California Dreams, you had City Guys, you had Another World, or One World, no, yeah. You had... Uh, New Class. I don't remember City Guys being about basketball, but maybe it was. It probably wasn't. I'm, th- I'm sure I'm thinking of something else. But it's been... <laughs> I mean, it's been like 25 years. Yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> season four starts. Yeah. And when season four starts, Jesse and Kelly are gone. Actually, that's a lie. When season four starts, they're there. They're still there for the first yeah. two episodes, for the first three episodes. Okay. Because the third one is Screech's Spaghetti Sauce. Oh, yeah. And then literally, like, because they're – then episode four is when they introduce Tori. Okay. And then she's on there for the next – Ten episodes. Yeah, like ten episodes, let's just say. And – but no, because – yeah, and then she's basically gone, I guess. Yeah. But, I mean, look – I mean, I granted, she was a main character – but, but I no, mean, here, look but at this, how many other okay. but th- people. Just, just think about this real go. quick, okay? You have Tori there for all these episodes, <laughs> and then from like episode four, Tori shows up, and then in episode five of that season, um, <clears throat> sorry, she's there, and then episode six is the one where Zach becomes close to the disabled girl. On the hotline, teen hotline, and he just right, basically that was, shits all that over was a, her. That was a Tory episode. Yeah, exactly. It was her idea to make the hotline. Correct, correct. But then episode 11, you have J- Slater and Jesse are dating, and Jesse's on the show. Okay. And then in episode 12, Zach gets scammed by the guy buying the fake rings. It turns everyone's fingers green. Oh, um, yeah. Right? Yep. And then... Uh... I don't remember this one. A favorite student dies, leaves $10,000 in his will, resulting in the guys and the girls fighting over who should get the money. Yeah, remember? They oh, did yes. the, the was blue and the red obstacle course thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you have like the senior prom where Zach is all sad that Kelly has a date, but just the episode prior to that, Zach falls for Slater's sister. Yeah. Yeah. So this, see, this is what was wrong with the show. Everything was way the frig out of order. Well, that's that is probably what happened. They probably had stuff with Kelly and Jesse, like they weren't going to be back for the season. Yeah. So they said, "Well, let's add this new love interest girl into the show." 
So they filmed 10 episodes, and while they were filming those, Kelly and Jesse are like, yeah, we'll come back to do the last season. You know, it's funny. I remember – Instead of airing it and starting it with Tori, they put a few episodes with the people they knew. Yeah. And then threw in – you know, just sprinkled them in. Because, like, I'm reading this now, and I'm just like, I remember these episodes. I remember these episodes. But, like – I must not have watched them when they were in order on TV, or I did but didn't give a shit because I was 12 and 13 years old. But, like, I'm looking at this one here, and it's, like, episode 18 of season four, the video yearbook. It says, no, this episode was supposed to be in season two but was held back. This is evident because at the beginning of the episode, Zach mentions he's 16 and does not have a car, although he is shown driving his car in other episodes of this season. <laughs> and then the next episode, Screech's birthday, it says... This episode was intended to be in season one, and then was originally scheduled to air in 1990, but was held back for unknown reasons. This is evident because the kids much look much younger, and Ed Alonzo was still credited as a cast member, even though he left the beginning of season two. <laughs> However, in the DVD complete series, this episode was moved to episode 20 of season one. <laughs> That's funny. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Good stuff. Yeah. Wow, there's a lot of these. Like this, oh God. Episode 23 of season four. This is this episode was intended to be in season one. Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, this one was put as episode 19 of season one on the complete series DVD release. <laughs> nice, nice. This is all good stuff. And then the graduation episode. Okay. The last episode of season four aired December fifth, ninety two, and then the graduation episode aired May twenty second of ninety three. Interesting. And it aired in prime time on Saturday originally. See that I don't remember. I I remember when Saved by the Bell was first going to be on TV, yeah. like they were really pushing it. Yeah. I remember my family we were on vacation in Lake George. Yep. And I remember it was maybe the Saturday night or something where Saved by the Bell was going to be on in prime time. And they show and my like we all sat and watched it for some I have no idea why, but like in our hotel room we all were there. Me, my parents and my sister and we watched this episode of Saved by the Bell and it was the one with Casey Kasem and the the dance Oh, and they got a save the max. Um Casey Kasem, yeah. That was Everyone dude, the hop. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like That was a good one. Yeah, I'm like, it was just so bizarre that that was what they did. And then I'm like, oh, here's this new show. And I remember sitting and watching the show like every week after that. But, yeah. Um, so, uh. That's excellent. That yeah. is excellent. I'm trying to find, when was the, uh. When was it they go to, uh. They, they go to the beach and they work at, uh. For Mr. Yeah, Caruso. With- that was probably in the third season. Was that mixed and in? And it wasn't. And it was Carosi, not Caruso. That's what I meant, Carosi, Mr. Carosi. No, no, no. They they just aired oh, there those, it is. like six season in a row. Season three. Yeah, The Last Dance. Yeah. First episode is the la- In order to afford a costume for the Scoo's costume ball, Kelly has to get a job working at the Max. However, Kelly spends more time working with oh. her boss, Jeff Hunter. She That's calls she- for him. Yeah. And must tell Zach that the relationship is over. When they dance outside the prom. Yeah. When, for some odd reason, Jesse and Slater are singing. 
Yeah, that is still still hot <laughs> to this day. And then the very next episode is Zach's birthday, and the gang takes summer jobs at the beach resort. Yep. Uh, that was one, two, see. Zach sprains his knee before a big basketball game and is in the hospital. So, uh, according to this, they only had three episodes. At the beach? Uh, at the beach, yeah. No, that's impossible. That's impossible. Because it was they, well, birthday episode? Then they showed Operation Zach, where he sprains his knee before a big basketball game. He's in the hospital. Lisa's a part-time candy striper, remember? Because her yeah. mom's a surgeon. Yeah, and, and then she the next to episode, sneak Zach out to go play. Yeah, and then the next episode after that is the annual Fourth of July beauty pageant at the resort. Oh, <laughs> good stuff. And then the one after that is the annual chess competition between Bayside and the rival Valley. Yeah. And the one after that is Zach and the gang enter the annual ATV race when Stacy's ex-boyfriend Craig shows up. So it's almost <laughs> like they were airing two episodes a week, and like the first episode was the yeah that could be it the beach episodes, and then the second episode was like a standard the regular. episode yeah, yeah. Huh. which probably makes you think why yeah man it's amazing <laughs> how screwed up in order these were <laughs> yeah it's almost like it's a Joss Whedon show on Fox but, Firefly um, was brilliant Saint Dollhouse was really good too until Dollhouse they was excellent that yeah yeah. I like Dollhouse. I kind of well, you know, Dollhouse took a hard turn at the end, though. Because you know, do you know why? Tell me why. Because he had five seasons planned out of the show. Yep. And when they said, you know what, we're canceling it after the second season, yeah. he crammed the other three seasons worth of stuff into the end of the second season, which is why the woman who ran the house, why her character. Like, every episode changes so wildly. She goes through, like, she's an alcoholic. She's not – all of a sudden, she's better. All of a sudden, she's yeah. helping them after she's been fighting them. And then she's the, – and it was just, like, really bizarre. But then you start yeah. seeing, oh, yeah, because this was the arc I wanted to tell, and I condensed it from, from three seasons into eight episodes. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Bizarre. I did – I did enjoy the show, though. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, another show that I used to that I liked a lot that made me think of this took a hard right turn there was Fringe. Did you ever watch Fringe? I did watch Fringe. I loved the first season. And I loved the whole run of that show. Well, okay, I kind of had a problem with the third season because it's like we were watching a completely different show. Was the See, this is the thing. When Fringe first started... Um, so I said the third season. I didn't mean the third season. But anyways, when Fringe first started... I watched like two episodes, and I was like, nope, and I stopped. I did the same thing. Then, I watched the first couple, and I was like, ah. And then I ignored it. And yep. for a while, friends of mine were like, you'd love this show, you'd love this show. Yeah. Excuse me. And um, I was like, nah, I'm not interested. Yeah. It was probably like... I want to say it was maybe after the third season ended or in the middle of the third season. I was at some family thing and two of my cousins who I generally like, we share a lot of the same tastes in, in movies, TV and books. So they're like, oh man, are you watching Fringe? I'm like, no. And they're like, you need to start watching this show. And I was like, uh, I don't know. And I don't remember if my wife was pregnant at the time or whatever it was, but we started – this is back when Netflix was DVDs only. Yes. 
we just started getting fringe and we sat she probably was pregnant because we sat and we would watch like one we had it worked out so we had a dvd we sent mm-hmm. back a dvd and we would get one the next day so like every day we were getting the next disc so we'd sit and watch you know two or three episodes a night and yeah. we like plowed through the first two seasons and then the third season we caught up so that we could watch it live with season four yep and we, like we were totally hooked i'm like how did i not watch this earlier <laughs> See, I I, I really enjoyed the first three seasons of the show. Okay. Because it reminded me, like, of a futuristic kind of version of The X-Files. Except The X-Files is terrible and Fringe was good. X-Files is not terrible. Shut your damn mouth. Terrible. When – I think it's when the parallel universes got joined together in season four. Okay. And basically they could walk back and forth between them so easily. I was like, eh, it's not as cool. And then with season five, when it just went off the deep end, like that was such a hard right turn. Mm. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. It was weird. Where it, all of a sudden it jumped to the year twenty thirty six. Yeah, with you know, twenty four years later. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That, that's when I was just like, "What the frig?" And um, I don't know. I don't know. I thought it started out strong, but it ended on a huge. That's what I was getting at. It took a huge left turn near the end, kind of like, uh, like Dollhouse did. Except Fringe got five seasons. Yeah, but I mean, Fringe. Yeah. Man, oh man! I, the best part about Fringe for me is when we'd watch it, you know, and then all of a sudden, the opening credits were like a little different. Oh god, and it's that like was a so different, cool. A different color. I'm like. Didn't this used to be blue? Yeah, <laughs> you know, when it, when was, it yellow, was the parallel universe, like, it was a different color. That's kind of weird. And then you're watching it, and you're like, this doesn't seem right. <laughs> like something. And then you're like, or, oh. They did a couple episodes that like took place in the 80s or whatever when Walter was, and it was younger. And it was and a they had, like, intro. Yes. That and then was later so on, there was like the grayish kind of intro. Yeah. You know, like any time they were in a different universe or time. It was all, and you're just like, oh my god! And then yeah, that was got brilliant. To the point how where, they did as that. we're watching the show, if you like, if the opening credits were like a little bit different, you're like, hell yeah, yeah, like, yes, yeah. this is gonna be great. No, I agree with that. That was so original, so unique how they did the opening credits. You know, based on the yeah. color scheme, you know what universe we were looking at, and then based on what they showed, we knew what time frame we were looking at. Now that was that was genius. That was awesome. Yep. Did you ever watch Millennium? Millennium. I don't think so. It was a Chris Carter show. It went for three seasons. Um, Frank Black was played by Lance Henriksen. It took place in like Washington. Well, the first season did at least. And it was essentially about this secret group called the Millennium Group. And it had a lot to do with the, the Millennium, the year 2000. So I think the show originally aired like 97... 98, okay. 99, or 96 through 99, something like that. It didn't actually make it to the year 2000. Um, but it had three seasons. The first season was phenomenal. The second season, it completely flopped because it had completely different showrunners, and it went... Like, the first season, he was a retired FBI, uh, essentially, um, behavioralist, you know, profiler. Okay. And... But he still kind of got sucked into in, like to investigating cases. The second season, he's back with the FBI now, 
actively investigating cases. And then the third season, it's like, okay, it returned to how the format of the first season was. That was another one of those shows where I, I loved that show, by the way. But, like, the first season and then the second to the third, like, completely differed. And it was <clears throat> a tremendous change based on the, the showrunners who did right. it. But that was cool. That was a cool show because it got a it, the story was able to be finalized on the X Files because I want to say it was X Files season eight, the episode that aired near the year two thousand, like ninety nine to two thousand, um, was an episode involving Frank Black. And whenever you saw him, they would play the the Millennium theme like in the background or whatever. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that was cool. It was the same thing like the Lone Gunman TV series. They got their final episode in season nine of the X-Files. You know, they got to tell. And again, that episode of the X-Files had like the original Lone Gunman kind of theme. It brought back the new secondary characters that we met in the Lone Gunman series that we hadn't seen in the X-Files before. And so that was pretty cool. I liked how they did that. Did you ever watch Harsh Realms? No. That was another Chris Carter series. It only made it, made it one season. It had nothing to do with the X Files. It was never tied into it or whatever. But and involved like a virtual reality world. It was kind of neat. Hmm. Yeah, I have that on DVD around here somewhere. Probably in my closet with the rest of my DVDs, actually, because you know <laughs> that's where I keep them. Fucking yeah. idiot. Makes sense. <laughs> All right. I guess that I guess that should wrap it up this week. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's good. I'm not even going to edit any of this TV stuff out. It's staying in. I'm perfectly okay with that. We just backed our pilot there, Saved by the Bell show. <laughs> we got we got to get that off the ground. <laughs> I want to talk Saved by the Bell more now. We'll Anyhow, see what the feedback is on this episode. Yeah, we'll see what people have to say. <laughs> Fans, do you want to hear a Saved by the Bell podcast with Aaron and I talking about Saved by the Bell in detail? Let us know. I'm at Superstar Mel on Twitter. I am at Aaron S. Bell. The show is at Thousand Holds Pod on the Twitter. And podcast for Thousand Holds on the Facebook. So, yeah. Thanks. Jolly good show. I thought you were going to say, because it's all right. I'm saved by the bell. No, No, I was thinking about doing a, hey, 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 what is going on here? (laughs) (laughs) But then I thought, like, I should probably wrap it up on a wrestling thing. And we were talking UK. Oh, okay. That works. That works. Yeah. It all works. See, I'm thinking.